This is Tara Strong, and you're listening to Post Party at Spago's. This is Finger Bangs. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> My name is so stupid. Uh, good evening and welcome to a very special edition of the Post Party at Spargo's uh, podcast. Uh, this is this you're listening to us uh, from the comfort of our of our own houses, not on the radio. And one of the best things about this format of uh, podcast, as opposed to the radio, is we can say things like "fuck." That's right. For example, um, I'm your host Craig Sutton, and joining me today is Mr. Nigel Smith. Good evening, sir. Good evening, my good man. It's and, a pleasure and, to be here. And, and how are you on this fine evening? Yeah, not too bad. I've um, I've just started my Christmas vacation, as it were. Ah, uh, as of today. So vacation, such an such an American term. I know. I felt I, I wanted to um, reach out more to the audience. Ah, fair enough. And um, rather than saying I'm on Christmas leave. Yes, yes, you're on vacation. I'm on vacation. Yes, I I have not started my vacation yet, mm. but I. Uh, I uh, I did drink a, a Starbucks today. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it was it, it was it was just a coffee. I just thought I'd throw one out there. <laughs> there you go, America. My gift to you, Starbucks. Starbucks, exactly. I don't even know. Do we still have Starbucks here? Um, not in Canberra. No, they got them in Sydney. Still, I went to one. Yeah, they. Um, last time I was in Sydney. It's just, it's yeah. It just seems like it kind of we're not the real, really the market for it because because we've got um, our influences with coffee is 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 more European as opposed to American. That that kind of that they kind of try to set themselves up in a market that didn't need them. Mm. It's like we have awesome coffee, but thank you. We've got um, we've got too much of a cafe culture here, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, I thought I thought it'd be good for um, Nigel and myself to get together for the end of the year because we didn't get a chance to do a wrap-up show on the radio. Plus, plus, Nigel and myself and Tash uh, went and saw Star Wars at the midnight opening. We did. And um, I haven't had a chance to really great. talk to anyone about it in depth because everyone everyone I try and open my mouth at, at work is all like, shh, I haven't seen it yet, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about it and kind of and break it down. So uh, a warning for later on, if you haven't seen Star Wars yet, I intend to spoil the shit out of it. That's right. So keep that in mind for, um, for, for later on. So it'll be a bit further down the track. Before we get started, though, Mr. Smith, I'd yeah. like to put the ball into your court mm-hmm. and talk about something that's close to you and I know nothing about. I only heard it on the radio. Soundwave. Ah, yeah. What's what's going on there? Uh, it's a um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I because um, it was kind of like we were talking on the radio about like the bands that had been announced and it was coming up and mm. you know this band has been announced and this band's been announced and and and, and you know tickets and all the rest of it and then all of a sudden I like I logged onto the Canberra Times website and there was like Soundwave cancelled. Mm. 
And I went, all right, what happened there? <laughs> hey, um, you, you might remember um, a few months back um, when I was doing the doing the music news and I was I sort of mentioned that there'd been a bit of like financial issue going on with um, with Soundwave and the um, the promoter AJ Matter his, um, his like his his promotions company that he had um, that was that was running the, the the whole Soundwave thing that sort of randomly had wound itself up um, had gone insolvent and then he'd quickly made up another company which then went insolvent like shortly thereafter until finally like he settled on another one mm. and um and when that happened this, i was like if this is if this was america damn it we'd probably make him president <laughs> i was like man this um the the writing's already you know the writing was on the wall and i've, and I've been saying you know since i mean you know since early this year yeah, yeah. um that the the festival market in this, in this country is is almost dead yeah. Um, you know, and Soundwave was pretty much the last of the travelling festivals. And um and you could see already with the issues with uh South Australia and West Australia um losing their um their leg of Soundwave and it pretty much just keeping to the east coast. Um that you know something something was up. You know, mm. and I think um with the with this year's um Soundwave with with the um the two-day festival that they did. I mean, that was, you know, that, that was a huge draw card. Like, I mean, they certainly sold a shitload of tickets and um, and they would have made a fair bit of money, but um, had they sort of bitten off more than they can chew, I think that's probably what had happened. And, you know, when it came down to it, like there was a lot of people that were out of pocket um, after that. And hence the reason why those um, why those companies went insolvent because these people were actually trying to get paid, <laughs> mm. you know, which, is, and, which is always nice. Yeah, and it's not happening. And um, so, I mean, this when he when when he came out and said, "Yeah, it's 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 been wound up," I was like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, that was always going to happen." And I think um, a lot of people could tell that it was going to happen because the mm. ticket sales just went kaput um, really quickly. Um, especially after the news of that um, that insolvency, because I mean, like, it's not cheap to go to Soundwave. You know, I mean that you you're going to drop 170 bucks, um, and that's for one day. You know, for um, yeah, yeah, yeah. next year's one was going to be one day, so which is basically the same price as the two day festival that we had this year. So, you know, that's a fair a fair whack of cash. And I mean, if you're anyone that's you know risk averse with your mon- with your money. Like, are you going to throw 170 bucks down for something that might collapse and potentially not get your money back? Like, you know, that's one of those things. And so it was, you know, the whole thing was just doomed to fail. And it's, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate, but I think they really need to focus more on um, getting, you know, either either looking at what I've been saying with getting a um, a lower East Coast... Um, just a stationary festival that's um, alongside Splendour in the Grass, one that doesn't go anywhere that people can actually go to, and is a good draw card for um, overseas acts that can play there, but then are free to move around afterwards and and do like a proper touring schedule, which is almost impossible when you're doing one of these big um, 
festival legs where you know you you're here for one day and then you're down here for the next and then there's like a break in between and then there's got to be and because there's that many bands around they've all got to organize you know who's going to play where and all this sort of stuff and there's only so many venues that you can play at and only mm. so many dates that are available you know like it makes it a lot harder to go watch your favorite band on a tuesday night than it is on a friday night you know and all that sort of stuff yeah go on i just can't believe they weren't um although the story i read it was just like um yeah and no refunds either yeah i mean i don't i don't know if that'll that'll be the case i mean but you know that i mean that's going to cause a riot (laughs) yeah um but I mean, you know, this. I mean, this isn't the first time that um, that the promoters uh, folded the festival. I mean, um, he did have the there was that Soundwave Revolution that was meant to happen uh, about four or five years ago, um, where they tried to get Van Halen and Aerosmith down here. And uh, wow, Van Halen! Who else? <laughs> <laughs> it was, and that like um, that died in the ass. You know, after after a shitload of people bought tickets, because at the end of the day, they were trying to secure big bands that may very well be quite demanding, especially mm. you know old old eighties hair metal bands aren't exactly the easiest people to deal with. So, you know, they um, he lost out there. He had the um, there was the Harvest Festival as well, um, which was kind of like the it was a bit more of a hipster kind of festival, you know, very um, sort of folky, um, folky alternative kind of stuff. You know, not not um, not heavy, not heavy rock bands or anything like that. Um, I think that lasted maybe a couple of years, and then that folded not long before it was meant to um, um, when it was meant to start. So, and there's been you know a couple of other ones out there as well. So, um, it's a it's a formula that's just clearly isn't working. Mm. And so it'd be interesting to see though, whether, whether those bands actually do um, decide to come out here on standalone tours. Cause I mean, there's, you know, it wasn't the best lineup, but I mean, it had some, it had some good bands. Like oh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go cause it didn't interest me. Um, but there's a, you know, there was a couple of bands like Deftones and stuff like that, that I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they do, if they end up coming here because, Otherwise, it's going to be a pretty boring summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you reckon it was... Um, so, it's just, yeah, when I read the um, newspaper article, it was like, yeah, da-da-da-da, and, and you know, no one's getting refunds. I was like, seriously, what do you mean? I can't believe people aren't getting refunds. Yeah. Like, you paid money for something, you expect to get refunded. Well, that's it, you know. I mean, they'll get, they'll get refunded somehow. Um, yeah, yeah. There'll be some sort of bailout, no doubt. But, um, I mean, I thought it was really interesting that when, even back in, because when was Soundwave this year? February. Um, I remember it was, must have been maybe March or April, um, the Soundwave touring, um, they, you know, I'm on their sort of mailing list and that, and they, mm. I got this email saying, um, do you want to join the, it was like Soundwave Club or something like that. I can't remember what the exact name of it. It was like some some sort of um, you know like VIP um, fan club, right? Where you could, when you paid your membership, your membership was like two hundred bucks straight up, which gave you instant 
um, ticketing to any sound wave that you wanted to go to. Yeah, yeah. And also, I thought that was really weird. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen a festival would actually have to, literally within a month of wrapping up, needed to start selling tickets for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, 12-month in advance ticketing is um, is pretty full-on, especially when you don't even know who's going to be playing. Yeah, exactly. Like That's why it always, it's always spins me out when um, um, tickets for, like, the grand final, the rugby league grand final get announced at, like, right near the start of the season. Yeah. And people rush out and go get them on the off chance that their team might be in the grand final. Yeah. Um, it always seems weird to me because it's like, that's pretty confident to think be thinking your team's going to be in the grand final. I haven't, I've, I haven't, been, I've never been that confident. My team's won two of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be going to a grand final unless my team was in it. Yeah, God, yeah. Um, I mean, it's all right for you know if it's state of origin or whatever because you know who's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing all the time. But so who knows? I mean, I'd I'll be interested to see how. Um, how things pan out after Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Certainly going to... It's pissed off a lot of punters because, you know, where else are you going to go? You yeah, go I can a, imagine. You can go to a, um, a dance music festival and overdose. <laughs> that's about, that's yeah, about yeah, the yeah. only thing that's on offer for um, for people at the moment. Um, just just do what I do. Just stay at home and listen to the CD. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just add your own um, background noise. And um, and just shake your fist at clouds as they go past every now and then. Yeah, just make your own. Just make your own concert. Yeah, kids these days, I want everything handed to them. Yeah. This is Dave Detell, and you're listening to Post Party at Spago's. Yeah, as I said before, this is the uh, the, the the wrap up show for 2015. Mm. Um, with uh, with with you and I going hand solo, as it were. Yeah, Han uh, solo. But we'll get that. We'll get into that later. Later. Later on. Mm. Um. So, can you what, can you think of any uh, decent flicks that you've seen this year that you'd like to reminisce on? <sighs> I'm trying to think. I um. I recently rewatched. Um, Wormwood. The um... oh, I still have not seen that. Oh, you need to see it. And I and I feel horrible for it. You need to uh, <laughs> stop what you're doing and go watch it. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's so easy to watch too because it's on Netflix. Every time I jump on Netflix, it's right there. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm always really shit at these sort of questions because I um. I usually draw a blank. I'm I. I generally um, I don't watch a lot of um, a lot of new movies, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like or, or when I do, you know, it's usually quite late after the fact, you know, and they're, they're generally like movies from the year before. <laughs> it, because, uh, um, look, I, I, I'm, I used to, I, I'm normally in the exact same. Um, boat I, I, I've got to wait for something to come either out on DVD or on Netflix before I get a chance to see it mm. and it's only really within this last year where I've I've um, well it's nice that people like Limelight have come come on board thank you yeah. very much 
but it's a, it's it's real easy. Like I've, like I've been cognizant enough to put the time aside on a Thursday night after the kids are in bed at like nine nine thirty to actually go out to the movies to watch like a new release movie. Yeah. Just purely because I like I, I really like movies and I'd like to kind of see the new movies as they come out as opposed to four months later when they come out in DVD. Hmm. So it's only recently been in this um, last 12 months that I've just gone, you know what, I'm actually going to make myself go, go to the yeah. movies. Yeah. I saw, um, speaking of Netflix, I saw this awesome um, doco over the um, over the weekend and, I, and I'm a big fan of um, docos about movie, uh, either Hollywood or um, movie making. Hmm. Like the one I was telling you about ages ago about that um, Chilean director uh, Alejandro Yoyoski that had his own version of June. Uh, that yeah, kind of yeah, yes. way too big for the seven, early seventies. Mm. Um, that was a fascinating doco. It was just it was just all about a dude that just took way too much acid and decided to make a movie based on Frank Herbert's um, novel Dune. Um, well, so you the one a lot I watched for that. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Um, so the one I watched on the weekend was about the history of Canon films. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's on um, Netflix at the moment. I think it's the on the American Netflix, and it yep. just goes through all the sordid history of of Canon, which um, for me, in the um, as a child of the eighties, they were the film company that was responsible for the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah. And also the American Ninja movies with Michael Dudikoff in it. They did. Um, did they do Commando? Uh, not Commando, but they did do. Oh no, no, they did do Commando. Um, and they also did the um, those Chuck Norris um, Mission in Action movies. Missing in Action, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all the Death Wish ones as well. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did they, like, did they do Robocop? No, no, that was um, Orion. Orion, okay, yep. Um, yeah, so it just went through like the like the history and the making the movies and oh, and also the um, the Alan Quatermain movies I loved so much when I was a kid because I like they oh, really the, are like, the old Richard Chamberlain ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're a poor, a really poor man in here, Jones. But yeah, I, they were always the ones. That, they always used to be on the, like Saturday afternoons. Yeah, the, like the midday the, movie the on matinee. Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. you, you need to watch um, Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold or King Solomon's Mine or whatever the one, yeah. whatever it's to be called. And Sharon Stone was in it as well. Sharon Stone, yeah. Yeah, very very young Sharon Stone. But it was a mad trip down memory lane because I was like, I remember that film and I remember that film, I remember that film and all the rest of it. Mm. Delta Force, that was, they, they did that one. Delta Force, oh, yeah. Yeah, that had Lee Marvin and Chuck Norris in it. Yeah, there was a, um, there was a bit of an All-Stars. Oh yeah, that was like the Expendables before the Expendables. Yeah, because I think Bronson was in the Delta Force as well. Bronson? Um, no, I don't think he was. No, he was probably on his way to Emmett's Fix It Shop to fix <laughs> Emmett's. He was in um, the Dirty Dozen. Bronson was. Yeah, with Lee Marvin, but um... ah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because um, I think. And also, um, Delta Force had Robert Forrest, Forrester playing like an um, a Palestinian de- terrorist. He does, yeah. He's um, like the head of, you know, he's the one that hijacks the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny because does... like you watch him and you go, "Wow, they had a like that's a pretty good spray tan," you know, because you you, you just straight away you think of um, of um, Jackie Brown. 
that's what I was, that's what popped in my head as soon as I saw him. <laughs> and and then you see him in that, and it's like, wow. That's all you need is just a, a nice bushy Flanders moustache and a um, and a spray tan and you can be an Israeli terrorist. Or a Palestinian yeah. terrorist, yeah. That was um that was really cool. Oh, sorry, yeah, if you want to trip down Hollywood um, uh, memory lane, yeah, mm. ch- the history of history of canon. I think it's called Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. The- ah, okay, that's what it is. Because I I have seen this Electric Boogaloo thing being um, being promoted on on um, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what that is. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah. I, um, um, but I've been like, I've been doing the TV show binge watch. Ah, yes. Of late. I mean, for me, a binge watch is like maybe two episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I got, I got people I work with that go through like a season in two days. <laughs> so and Mike, that's that's commitment. Yeah. Have you have you heard of sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I have young children, so I, <laughs> if I get through an episode, I'm very lucky. Yeah. Um, I've been watching um, from the or from. Uh, season two, I've been watching American Horror Story, and I I watched the first season and I and I really enjoyed it. And then um, I I started watching the second season. I sort of it's just you know you just sort of stop watching something and you just forget to watch it again. And then next yeah, you know, was that just, Asylum? Yeah, yeah, the Asylum yeah. one. And so I thought oh, I, I I didn't mind the first two episodes, and then I hadn't watched it for like six months or something. So I thought I'll I'll um, I'll give it another try. And um, so I started it, you know, just started from the beginning and like, they've done that thing where, um, kind of like Walking Dead, where they did the first season was like, the first season of American Horror Story was maybe 12 episodes off the top of my head, maybe 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is ramped up all the way up to like maybe 18. Um, oh dear. 18 to 20 episodes. And and I'm watching it and I, I thought I was halfway through it. I didn't realise I was halfway through it. I actually thought I'd finished it because it felt like a bit of an ending, like a bit a very mm. abrupt ending, but it felt like an ending. But I think it was just a, a mid-season finale or something. And because um, I'm not really looking at the episode numbers, I'm just watching it. It's just rolling over and over and over as I'm watching it. And um, and yeah, and then it sort of then it just keeps going. I'm like, well, this is um, this is taking some really interesting and quirky fucking turns <laughs> as as it goes and. Um, so it took me like I don't know maybe a couple of weeks or something like that, and I um I f- you know got through this season, um, and it was one of those maybe people out there wouldn't agree with me, but like I I I actually found the finale of it and the and the episodes leading up to the finale quite satisfying for for an end of season thing, you know, and there's there's a lot of times when you sort of when you're watching the last episode of something and you kind of just go. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that's. I feel more often than not the uh, the build up towards a, um, a a finale sort of fizzles out the expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think maybe because I didn't have any expectations on it, maybe that's what it was. Um, I was just watching it for the sake of watching it because I, you know, just sort of got involved in the story and I wasn't um, being like a real fanboy over it. Yeah. Um. So so that had a really good ending, and then I started watching. Um, uh, season three, which is the Coven uh, one, which is yeah, which is pretty good. You know, same same um, cast, um, give or take a couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm going to keep watching that, but um, 
and that, and that's sort of taken all my movie time away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I've been I'm, I, I'm, I'm cranky myself because I haven't gone and seen um, Spectre. So yeah, yeah. I, I I heard um I haven't seen it either, and I heard real mixed reviews on it, and and it kind of got me to the to the. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable waiting for it to come out in DVD kind of thing. Yeah, I I'm a bit the same. Like I still there's still part of me that really really wants to go and watch it at the movies, and I oh, probably, yeah, it's a, it's I probably will. Film, of course, I mean it's going to be there for a little while yet. Yeah. Um. But I've heard the same and, thing. And at the and at the moment, it'd probably be a really good time to see because you'll probably be there on your own. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the um the Star Wars lineups are pretty much out the door. Yeah. So. Um, I, I watched that first season of American Horror Story, and um, and I, I and I, I remember thinking that that season probably went one episode longer than what it needed to. Yep. Um, and and for some reason I never went back to it. I just went, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I I'm aware there's more seasons after that, but yeah, I never I never got into it. Um, I was just going through as we were talking through this um app that I use to keep track of the movies that I watch because I'm a bit the same every time I come to this time of year and I'm always like oh did I see this did I see this did I see this and so I'm having a look at the movies that I went and saw there's a couple of movies that I, I watched on Netflix that didn't come out um, this year but came out probably last year that hmm. that I, I've caught, finally caught up with and um, and and really really loved and I kind of kicking myself that I didn't see it one of them is uh, Whiplash with J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller, uh-huh. which is all about um, Miles Teller being this um, very talented drummer at a um, very um, prestigious music school in New York, uh-huh. and J.K. Simmons is um, is this um, uh, he's a very hard uh, uh, teacher, yeah, and he's pretty much channeling the character that he plays from Oz, but without all the neo-Nazi. Rape, male rape, <laughs> um, but pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah, take all that away. It's pretty much the same character. And um, and the other uh, movie I saw um, later on on Netflix that I really liked was um, Selma, oh, yeah. which is all about um, the Selma riots um, with Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. which um, I knew nothing about. I mean, the um, people listening from America will probably get very upset at this but us in Australia we we know of Martin Luther King but mm. it's more of the I have a dream speech kind of thing wouldn't say it's like we know of him but not not what he did kind of thing if that make if, mm-hmm. if you would agree with that yeah absolutely yep. so watching that movie I had no idea about all any of that kind of period of American history and everything else so it was pretty fascinating um, to watch fascinating and kind of fucked up but people did that to um, African Americans in, in 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 you know a time period not that long ago no like not only only you know 50 40 50 years ago yeah I mean, um, it's only two generations removed. Yeah, 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 and it was just um, fucked up watching it. Um, and the other one that I saw um, recently that I really, really liked, it was, I don't know if you could call this an indie, it was, it's called Ex, Ex Machina, and it's got uh, two, two guys from Star Wars Force Awakens in it, uh, Oscar Isaac, and, um, who played Poe Dameron, and um, Dominic Gleeson, who played um, General Huxley. 
Oh, yeah. Force yep. Awakens. So those two dudes are in. It's all about uh, Domhnall Gleeson plays the um, uh, plays a IT guy who this is it's kind of set in the near future. Let's say twenty years from now. Um, so Domhnall Gleeson plays a guy that works for uh, Apple, for example. Let's use a Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's yeah, let's make up an IT company. Uh, Apple. <laughs> he works for Apple, and he wins a inter office uh, inter um, office competition where he can hang out with like the Steve Jobs yep. for the weekend, and um, goes to his like you know rec- mansion, reclusive mansion out in the rainforest, and all the rest of it, and meets Steve Jobs, who's played by Oscar Isaac, and and finds out that um, Oscar. Isaac's character has created AI, uh-huh. and it's this. Um, it's it's this. It ends up. It's this um, robot. This. It's uh, got a, a human face and all the rest of it, and um, and it's kind of a three three parter between um, um, the robot Oscar Isaac and Don Hill Gleason's character, and it's just one of those awesome like, you know, mirror to humanity type kind of deals. Yep. 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 It's kind of like you know, it's it's all you know, it's just really like a judgment on humanity. And then of course, like you've got all the um, big uh, blockbusters throughout the year, like your Jurassic Worlds and um, Ant Man, which is really cool. Um, Avengers: Age of Ultron was a, was all right. It was all bang, no substance. Mm. Um, Mad Max: Fury Road was um, the most simplest of plots that you'll ever see in a movie, but was really really enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, Fury Road's all about a, a tanker truck that tries to go from point A to point B, but ends up turning left. <laughs> I, I can't. Ex- that is that is the plot of that movie. Yeah, well, it's fairly common in post-apocalyptic Australia. Um, oh, clean forgot about another movie I just saw recently. Um, it, it's um, it's on Netflix at the moment, and it's uh, a Netflix. Uh, it's what it's the f- first movie that Netflix has made. Um, whole and solely on their own. Yep. Because you know how they yeah, they're doing TV shows like House of Cards and yeah, Orange yeah. New Black and the Marvel stuff they're doing. They've started to make um, uh, movies. Mm-hmm. So um, the they made one and it's called uh, Beasts of No Nation. It uh, stars um, Idris Elba. It's all about child child soldiers in a nondescript African country. Mm-hmm. Somalia, if you will, uh, and it's directed by the guy that was the showrunner on, on, I think, the first season of um, True Detective. Oh, yep, yep. Um, yeah, he directed it, and um, and it's the yeah. So, like I said, it's Netflix has um, um, produced it, and they had a, a theatrical release at the exact same time it was available on Netflix. So you could either watch it on Netflix, or if you want the cinema experience, you could go out there and watch it and all the rest of it. That's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, cinema chains in the states were pretty pissed at that and kind of <laughs> did kind of refused to show the film and everything else. So really? the, the exper- to promote it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the little so the experiment it kind of looks like a failure on paper because it made fuck all money box office wise because um, the, the the distributors really didn't take much of a chance on it and everything else mm. um, but I think though like yeah. I mean they would have they would have known the risks involved in that like I mean they're not they're not that silly to mm. to really stake any any losses on on how the on how the cinema chains would take it I mean you know 
I think they'd be fairly confident that their subscription base alone is enough to um, to money roll that that production. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, anything anything that hits the cinemas is just money for jam. Yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah. a. It was um anyway, it was a really good movie. Like Idris Elba was like fucking acting his ass off and all the rest of it. And the cast are pretty much like um a bunch of like ten and eleven year old um actors from like that part of the world. Yeah. Um and it's just it's pretty harrowing just mm. to, to mm. see some of the heinous shit that um children um they're forcing children to do. I imagine. Um yeah, and then uh, and then 2015 for TV for me is um, I mean it's hard to go past Game of Thrones, of course. I mean, yep. but shit, it seemed, that was out so long ago. It seems like it was fucking five years ago. Well, sort of I can barely we're, we're I can barely remember how that next season. Yeah, aren't we? yeah, I can I can barely remember how that ended. <laughs> I do remember the, the 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 king of the White Walkers like raising his arms and having everyone um. Like raising the dead, yeah. I remember that bit, and I remember the, uh, yeah, yeah, and I remember the Cersei Walk of Shame. Mm. Um, I can barely, I can barely remember anything of that. that. Um, and then of course, I mean, the highlights for TV for me for the year is probably the two um, um, Netflix Marvel shows, being Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones. Yeah, fantastic. I haven't. I like. I like that there is Haven't watched Daredevil. No, no, it's not really. Um, hasn't really sort of grabbed me. But I know. I know it's. Um, I've. You know, I've heard it's really good and all that sort of stuff. I'll probably end up watching it. But um, it's probably um for someone like you that's not really into that kind of stuff. You might really enjoy it because it's 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 um it's probably the most um non comic bookish uh TV show that's based on a comic book. That I've probably ever seen, um, a- apart from the fact that he's blind yep. and uh, has extra sensory powers and everything else. Like it's it's and, and it's set in the same universe. I mean, they do acknowledge the fact that the Avengers exist in that world that they're yep. in, but it's certainly not um, you know a guy running around in costume and one-liners and yeah and, and all the rest of it and. And um, D'Onofrio's uh, portrayal of Kingpin is just fucking awesome. Yeah, right. I um, I mean, I have I have been watching Jessica Jones. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think of that? Oh, I've really enjoyed that show. I think um, I I sort of stopped watching it for a bit because I was watching some other stuff, and um, but I just wanted to watch you know just a few episodes just to see what it was like, and mm. um, I think I probably watched maybe the first five, four or five episodes. Mm. Um. And it was really good, you know. It didn't. It's it's one of those ones where, like you say, there's those um, acknowledgements to that universe, mm. which um, which were kind of good for me because I sort of, um, you know, sort of makes it feel a bit more um, like it's like it's part of a a bigger thing. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Um, without it being a bit without it being too um, cliche or corny in the way that it's done. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that like I'm I always sort of um, as soon as as soon as these um, spin off things sort of get get cliche in how they try to reference where they come from and all that sort of stuff, it can kind of be um, uh, it, it 
it sort of takes you away from the story a bit. I do like subtle references, you know, and um, yeah, like that scene. And they from, had I a bit of that. I think that's a scene from the first episode where, like, she picks up like the guy goes to take off. She picks up the back of his car so he can't go anywhere, and, and he's all yeah, like, "You're yeah. one of them," and and all the rest of it. That's right. Yeah, there's a bit of that, and then um, and then she sort of has a bit of that banter with. Um, is it Luke Cage? Is that the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she yeah, has yeah. a bit of that banter with him in the with that after that bar fight and all that sort of stuff, and mm. um, and so that was kind of cool. Like it was just enough to not be cheesy in the way that it was done. Um, yeah, but I love yeah. it. It's 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 one of my um, it's one of my favorite comic book anything's. Like you think of all the um, comic book TV shows and movies that are around at the moment. This one's easily easily my favorite. And then, of course, um, the Flash is just is bubbling along nicely as well. Mm-hmm. Um, season two is um, at its mid-season uh, had its mid-season finale a week or two ago. Oh yeah, yep. And um, is Mark Hamill and, in that uh, now? Yeah, he is. He's been in a couple of episodes, and, and not only has he been in a couple of episodes, but he's he's actually playing the same character he played from the nineteen ninety Flash TV show. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's pretty so cool. he's playing the he's playing the trickster, hmm. um, trickster and they actually did this weird yeah they actually did this weird thing this year like last season so the first season of Flash they had a crossover episode between Flash and Arrow where it was there was an episode of Flash that Oliver Queen rocked up in uh-huh. and then an episode of Arrow where the same thing Barry, Barry Allen showed up this year did it, they did the crossover a little bit different where it was a two part episode part one was in on Flash. Part two was narrow. Uh-huh. Now, the only thing that was happening there was I've never seen a single episode of Arrow. So when it when the part two episode kicked off, which was in episode, oh, let's say, 15 of season four of Arrow, yeah. I had to make some leaps because I, don't, I wasn't aware of a lot of the continuity. Oh, okay, right. So from that aspect, I was I was a little lost, but it was fine. It was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, the other TV show, the superhero TV show that I've been watching and actually really enjoying is Supergirl on CBS. Supergirl. Oh, yeah. I saw the um, the trailer for that mm. some time ago. And, uh, it's, um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really enjoying it for the the comic booky stuff in it. I mean, um, there was a guy I work with who was complaining about um he goes, I, I tried watching that Supergirl show and it was, it was. I didn't like it. And I was like, why is that? He goes, ah, oh, because it's, you know, this girl and she can't get a date and she's struggling with her mean boss and why can't she just dress up like Supergirl and go out and punch bad guys and all the rest of it? And I said, <laughs> you, you know, dude, that show's not catered for 36-year-old guys. <laughs> its audience is, you know, teenage ladies, yeah. teenage women. It's empowering young women. Yeah, so you know, it's all about like the um, like the the very first episode, um, Calista Flockhart's in it, and she plays um, um, Kara uh, 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 Kara's uh, um, boss. Yep. So um, Supergirl as uh, the the um, personal assistant for this um, this lady, who played by Calista Flockhart, and Calista Flockhart pens the term Supergirl. And 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 Kara, aka Supergirl, goes. Isn't that a little bit demeaning calling a Supergirl? Why can't we call a Superwoman or Superwim? Um, you know, Superwim. 
woman or something like that. Um, and then and there was a, a scene later on where um, Supergirl's um, fighting a baddie and gets um, the baddie, I uh, can't remember, let's just say punches her in the face and, and, and she falls down and gets knocked out. And just as she's about to go dark, when Jesse, you go, like he goes all, the screen goes all fuzzy, it's just about to go dark, Superman pimps in. Yep. And you just see the back of his head and the red cape and just as she passes out, you see Superman arrive and he beats up the baddie and all the rest of it. And she kind of... Um, like sends a, an email or whatever to Clark saying like, you know, what are you doing coming out and, you know, saving saving me? I don't, you know, it, you know how demeaning that is for me as Supergirl that I need Superman's help every time something goes wrong and everything else um, and that kind of stuff. And I was just, and, and when... And so when when it's the bits in the show where it's like you know because they're setting up a bit of a love triangle with two of her coworkers, yep, it's kind of like all right, I can kind of glaze over that because I know there'll be some cool comic booky stuff coming afterwards, and I can sort of separate myself because I know for a fact the show's not made for me. Yep. This is Harbinger, and you're being audibly stimulated by post party at Spago's. I'd had to think of a um, of a few of my favourite songs oh, yeah. of 2015, and you may not have um, have heard any of them before. I don't know, but <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, but no, but just 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 quickly, um, Is I can't feel my face. One of them? Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, but. Um, but if you if you if you want to listen to some um, to some really great tracks that came out this year, um, if you if you're liking the heavy stuff, um, have a listen to songs from the new album from Parkway Drive. Um, they're the Aussie um, metalcore band uh, that have been around for a while. Um, their songs uh, Destroyer and Vice Group. Um, I think I played them um, on rotation through the year mm-hmm. on the show, um, and I'm still listening to to that stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's that kind of music isn't really my bag as such, but I do like it. But I've particularly liked um, their stuff, which is really good. Um, the other one too, some some something a little bit a little bit softer is um, "High by the Beach" by Lana Del Rey. One of the biggest songs of the year was uh, "Nightlight" by Silver Sun Pickups. Um, I've I've actually bought that um, that album um, as well this year. So, um, uh, one of my picks for top song of the year would be uh, "Clearest Blue" by um, Churches. Sorry, clearest blue? clearest clearest blue blue Churches, okay. yeah. Um, and some other some other really great stuff too is if you're a um, if you're a Marilyn Manson fan um, you have to check out the his album that he brought out earlier this year called The Pale Emperor. Um, probably I, I would say it's his best work since Mechanical Animals. Mm-hmm. Um, every song on that album is amazing. Um, so well produced. 
um, very different. You know, it's 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 different enough to all of his other stuff, but but similar enough to be to still be Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's uh, but very stripped down, bluesy kind of stuff. Um, a lot of fun, and then of course there's um, Soul Invictus from Faith No More, which is probably one of the most anticipated albums of all time, <laughs> which which um, which came out earlier this year. So, um, is Triple J still doing the Hottest One Hundred? Yeah. What what would what would your um, pick be? Um, my my pick for the Hottest One Hundred was. Do they still open the voting up on Boxing Day or whatever it is? Voting's open now. Voting opens oh, okay. um, in the second week of December. Oh, okay. um, and it runs to the third week of January. Yeah. yeah so yeah. The, the week before um, Australia Day. Um, I'd put... There was there was a couple of songs on there. That those, those songs that I mentioned. Um, uh, one song called um, Deep Six by Marilyn Manson. Um, that I want to put on there. Um, another song called um, Ocean Drive by a guy called um, Duke Dumont, who's a um, kind of like an ele- electronic producer. Um, he's he's pulled out some really good songs this year, and, and that, that particular song is one of those real, like, really cool summer songs. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. That's really easy to get into. Um, and every time I hear that on the radio, I really like listening to it. Um, so, is there? So, what? What would be this year's? Um, uh, oh, what's that? I'm trying to think of that. You know, a couple of years ago when was it? Man, um, not Manfred Man, <laughs> Mumford and Sons <laughs> had that. Yeah, had that. You know, that little Tiger Man song, or it was called Little Lion and, Man. Yeah. Little Lion Man, song, and it, you just go, "That's that's going to be the number one song." Is there one? That like Triple J is already starting to um, flog like a dead horse. Uh, there's there's been a couple. Uh, this other song, I'm trying to think of the actual name of it. It's by um, Jai Wolf. Um, that's probably going to be. I, I, that that's my pick for number one. I think that's what it's going to be because you just hear it constantly. Um, Indian Summer is the Jai Wolf song. That's what I'm thinking. Oh yeah, Indian Summer. Um, I'd pretty much guarantee that, like, even if you don't listen to the radio, you've probably heard it. <laughs> it's, it's one of those songs that's just been everywhere. Um, I um, what about? Because I tell you, one song I've heard a lot. And I don't know if it's like a Triple J type song, but that um, yeah, that I can't feel my face when I'm with you song. I hear that everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't um, know if that is a is a Triple J song. I know the song, and I think that'll probably be that. Maybe it will be in there. I think I've heard yeah. um, I've heard that being played around. I don't think it'll be um, up high though. That um, that nightlight song by Silver Sun Pickups will be up there too. I think yeah. um, that's that's on. Do you reckon every five minutes because of um, recent events in France that Eagles of Death Metal might get a few votes? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh. I don't think they they got really limited airplay um and that was only early on when when um when the zip it down album came out and that's one of those that's one of those albums that i think just just slips under the radar radar a bit too much yeah yeah, yeah. 
you know it's um if it's not actually queens of the stone age then it's it's not you know it's not going to get too much of a listen because no one no one's interested i think and that whole, and, ba- that whole band slips under the radar unfortunately hmm. that's why that's why when i prior to hearing about the the tragic events in in paris when i that name in the on the radio all the time. I was like, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah. For that band we mentioned at every second ad break. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's pretty full on. You know, that's probably the best advertising they've ever had. Oh, unfortunately. unfortunately, yeah. But um, such fucking surreal experience. I think too that you know that Hotline Bling song from Drake. I think that's going to get up really high. Oh, I know the film clip because I see it on YouTube all the fucking time. Yeah, I think if it's not number one, it's going to be within the top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's another one that you just... It doesn't matter where you are, you will hear that song. This is Jessica, and you're listening to Post Party at Spago's. All right. Mm. Now that we've now that we've given everyone the the entree, our little morsels of little little, fav- uh, little wrap up wrap up of 2015. Um, I don't know if you guys are, were aware, listening in Radio Land, but a little a little little independent movie came out on um, on Wednesday of this week. Um, a couple of people went and saw. I know a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, um, it, pretty underground, um, and uh, not a lot of people have, have heard of it. I am talking, of, of course, of the um, Alvin and the Chipmunks sequel that, um, that yes. came out the same weekend as Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and poor, uh, Hotel poor, Transylvania uh, too. <laughs> oh, of course, poor old Alvin and the Chipmunks and Hotel Transylvania. Anyway, I am, of course, talking about Star Wars. So Nigel and myself and Tashi... Um, with thanks to our good mates at Limelight, went and saw um, The Force Awakens at the midnight screening on Wednesday night, which was awesome because it's, um, well, we got to see it before the Americans, which is very, very rare. Yeah. And not only that, but, like, I like I got to see it before, like, people who I know that work in the entertainment industry and shit like that. Yeah. Like, it was just a, sp- like, who live in the States now, but it was just a spin out to, to have that, early um access to the to the movie and everything yeah, else absolutely and um yeah so we saw it down at limelight and tuggernong here in canberra uh, um and the way that um i'll have to I, I wrote an email to um uh tash another tash who runs um sales over at limelight just to say thanks for the tickets and um and just to give him a pat on the back for the way that they handled the evening because um Limelight has, I think, eight screens. It's not like a big multiplex like you have in America. Like it's mm. small, fairly small. Um, has eight screens, and all eight screens were sold out. So there was about two, a couple of thousand people there, mm. which um, for that venue was amazing. But um, it's not a massive they, place. No, not at all. And they um, they got everyone in. Um, well and truly before midnight, like almost 11 o'clock really with it about an hour to go yeah. and then um, showed uh, little snippets of um, Star Wars parodies. Yeah, I think it was Which like a, awesome. um, it was that sort of 
wrap up of the best of um, um, viral videos of Star Wars that have been yeah, going yeah. on so, throughout the so year. So if and... Star Wars had been spoofed and say Robot Chicken, for example, or Family Guy, they sh- and like and YouTube clips and everything else, it's almost like someone had their laptop attached to the projector and just yeah. just running it on a loop. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so we enjoyed that for um, an hour until the stroke of midnight when the movie um, abruptly started and it kind of surprised everyone because mm. there was no fanfare there was no 20th century fox dun, 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 none of that it just went straight to opening crawl yeah and, I th- and, and, and that um, took me by surprise I was sitting there just going they're still trying to dim the lights <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and and suddenly the crawl sequence is happening and it's like wow it's, um... it's almost it, it's almost like that um like maybe like Disney just flicked a switch like at midnight must, and kind of limelight something. was thrown off by how quick it happened yeah um but yeah anyway so um yeah watch the movie and um and uh, Mr. Smith oh and also before before we get going um spoiler heavy review yeah I I, I, Much we'll have spoilers. To, we'll have to put it in the description on um, on um, iTunes as well. Yeah, but uh, much spoilers about to be had. So if you haven't seen Force Awakens, if you're like the one of the four people in the world that haven't seen it yet, go out and watch it because it, that movie made two hundred and eighty million dollars in its opening weekend. And that's that's fucking many. unheard of. That's, <laughs> that that is that is the box office. That's like if a if a summer blockbuster makes that during its entire theatrical run, mm. like that's pretty good. Like Star Wars did it in two days. Yeah. Like if this movie this movie will would will have to break Avatar's record. Anyway, so like I said, um, spoiler heavy review because I haven't had a chance to really go in depth with um, with anyone yet who has seen it because no one from my office had seen it. <laughs> I got threatened when I walked in on Thursday morning that if I opened my mouth, I'd get shot and everything else. So I haven't really had a chance to talk talk about it. Nigel, what did what did what did you think? I am um, just just straight off the bat. Um, this exceeded my expectations of what the movie was going to be. JJ mm-hmm. um, Abrams has done what should have been done. <laughs> with the first three, um, you meant the prequel, prequel the movies. the prequels, yeah. yeah. Um, this was to me was um, insanely well directed, um, so well put together. A really, really good story. Um, lots of fun, just action packed all the way through. Um, you just. Uh, on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, it was a movie for the fans, mm. if you ask me. I think it was absolutely fantastic. One of the, one of the, I, I, you couldn't ask for anything better um, than than the Force Awakens. I think it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, I I totally agree. And then some. Um, it's the first time in my life. Because I didn't, I'm not old enough to have watched the original trilogy at the movies. Mm. But it's the first time in my life that I walked out of a Star Wars movie and didn't have to 
psych myself up to like it, to, like to feel yeah. like I needed to like it because it's Star Wars. Yeah. Like I walked out of there going, that was a fucking awesome movie. Yeah. Um, is it? Is it a perfect movie? Not by any stretch of the imagination, but it's an awesome um, Star Wars movie and a welcoming return um, to the to the franchise. Yeah, that's absolutely. that's made by fans of the franchise, and I know people like I've read some um, some comments of people saying, "Oh, it's just a re- it's like a, a fan made remake of Star Wars of Episode Four: A New Hope," mm. which I tend to disagree. I think the beats and the themes of the movie are very similar. Mm. Like young idealistic uh, kid grows up on desert planet, meets up with wise old man, gets taken up on an adventure. Uh, wise old man dies at the end. Massive space station blows up. Mm. Like you can follow the beats of the movie are very similar to Star Wars. Yeah, but it's. To say it's a remake or a fan remake of Star Wars is kind of doing it a disservice because the characters in it are insanely better uh, fleshed out. I mean, you take that um, that scene with um, um, Poe Dameron and Finn when they're like high-fiving each other in the TIE Fighter. It's like, hey, what's your name? Finn. Oh, my name's Poe. Blah, blah, blah. Good to meet you, buddy. Oh, you too, buddy, and all the rest of it. Yeah. That, they set up in two minutes what Lucas couldn't do in three movies in the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Like, straight away, they had, like, Poe and Finn had instant chemistry and comradeship mm. in, in, in two minutes, and Lucas couldn't do it in three films. Absolutely. And even like that, when that movie started, you could tell straight away that it wasn't a George Lucas directed movie. Like this was a like it was directed by a movie that actually knew how pacing and camera work worked. Yeah. And Ta- um you know there were I as soon as it started, you know with the um with the that that battleship and they're dropping down onto um Onto that planet, I can't remember. Uh, Jakar was it? Jack Jakku Jakku, um, and they're they're dropping down to that planet, and that even those opening shots of just like the um, the the flickering um, light on the on the stormtroopers and all that sort of stuff, and you could see that you're yeah, looking yeah, yeah. you're looking at people in fucking costumes, yeah, and and really well made, and and it was. 30 years ahead costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subtle. It was you like know, the, logical just... co- yeah, the logical conclusion of where a Stormtrooper costume would have ended up. Yeah, not like something stupid, you know, just <laughs> it was just enough of a nod to just say, yeah, there's been 30 years, things are going to change. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. fashion is going to change in the um, um, in a galaxy far, far away. And But it had those kind of nods to sort of... Um, like a James Cameron kind of shot, you know, that sort of stuff where you, um, where you get that straight away. There is a sense of something big is coming, is going down here. And yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of, um, the tension straight away, you know, um, shit's about to go down. And, and, a, yeah. and it kind of had that sort of, um, that feeling like, 
dropping in the spaceship in in aliens you know yeah, that kind of thing you know yeah, yeah. um which i which i really like because it just it just gets that bit of tension straight away like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, movie yeah. the movie had been going for 30 seconds and already you're just going whoa yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not your daddy star wars no no like shit's just already gone up to 10 um yeah and that and that awesome scene with um when kylo ran um, just like you know, kills Max Val Sidown's character, mm. which um, I'll get to. I'll get to that bit in a later in, in, him in a bit. But he just kills him, and then Poe Dameron shoots him, and he kind of spins around and catches the bolt in midair, kind of thing, yeah. which we've never seen in any Star Wars movie. And that uh, and that scene when he gets Poe gets kind of presented before Kylo Ren. Hmm. And they have that face off, and Kylo Ren, uh, sorry, Poe Dameron just goes, um, "I don't get it. Are you supposed to talk first, or am I supposed to talk first? <laughs> yeah. And I just, and I was like, "All right," instantly, you kind of knew what kind of movie that you were about to head into because people forget. Like I've, another uh, criticism I've read, it's like there's too many jokes in the Star Wars movie, hmm. and it's kind of like people must forget that like empires as dark as that movie is, it's organically funny. Like, the humor comes from the characters. Yeah. There's not one-liners and jokes and all the rest of it, and there's not, you know, some idiot character going, oh, poo, poo, we sound like that kind of crap. Yeah, like, it's it's like, it's legit um, dealing with the situation. And Yeah, there's, like, like black that, humor kind of thing. It is black humor because it's, it's, it's humor that's almost bullying the other character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and... And that's what's really cool about it. And but at the end of the day, like I mean, anyone could say that in every single Star Wars movie, they've always said, "I've got a bad feeling about this," yeah, or something like that. So they've got that pun. You know, there's yeah. there are running jokes that are all that are, that go through all these movies. But even in, in Empires, like you know, just after um, Han gets tortured by Vader and Boba Fett and gets dragged back in the prison cell. And Han's all like, you know, I don't get it. They didn't even ask me any questions because they were trying to um, have Han experience pain that rippled through the Force so Luke could feel it, you know, exactly where they were kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. um, All the cast were fantastic. I mean, I don't know where they got found that Daisy Ridley from, Mm. but she's going to be in fucking everything shortly. Yeah, yeah. Um, She did really uh, well. John Boyega as Finn. It was a really um, hardcore um, bait and switch in the marketing because I thought he he was going to be the Jedi, like the one who gets awakened in the Force and all the rest of it. But it ended That's up being Daisy Ridley's. That was that Daisy was a really Ridley's good. Character. That was a really good turn in the story, and it worked really well. Hmm. Um, and I love the fact that the older characters like Han and Leia weren't in it just pure for fan service or Mm. like to pass the torch to the new generation. Like they were legitimate characters in the story. Like they were there for integral and um, important to the story. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. And that, and that scene with, um, um, and the, and like with, um, when he comes face to face with his son, Mm. um, and I kind of knew, like you could hear a fucking pin drop in the cinema we were in. Yeah, but um, you I can see that was, was coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, but not only uh, not only that, but um, for someone that knows their Star Wars lore and their kind of the behind the scenes stuff, like see, Harrison Ford didn't want to do Return of the Jedi. 
Well, that was why he got um, frozen in carbonite, wasn't it? Because exactly. So they, he was um, only he didn't sign on he, for. Yeah, he was only contracted for Star Wars and Empires, where everyone else was signed up for three movies. So the kind of the way to all right, kill him off, but still save him if he signs on, is to put him in carbonite and everything else. Mm. So he wasn't supposed to survive that. So when it came around to him being in Force Awakens, I was kind of like, I bet he's the one that gets killed. Like, so if someone goes, I bet he's the one that's kind of get going to get knocked on the head. Plus, the dude's like seventy three. Yeah. He's going to be in Star Wars movies forever. As as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, this killed him off. Like that was, you know, it's 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 emotional. It's very, you know, because it's a it's a huge character. You know, one yeah, of the, yeah, one yeah. of the biggest characters in in the history of pop culture. Yep. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, has mm. has just been um, has just been killed. So you kind of just go fuck, <laughs> like that's really really disappointing. But it's to me worked. Massively. It wasn't it wasn't done to be a shock. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, like it it had a shock element. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't there to um, to be like a Game of Thrones kind of or a Walking yeah, Dead yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of shock, if you know what I mean. It's just like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. here's a major character. We're just going to off him just for the fucking sake of ratings. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's it's it works with the story. And in real life, it's not viable for the man to be doing any more movies. No, I mean, no, no, I mean no, we've no. we've got what like another three years until the next one. You know, we're, we're talking uh, like two two years. Two so years. Episode eight comes out in two thousand seventeen. So we're we're going to be after twenty twenty with the conclusion. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> like yeah. the man's going to be either dead naturally, <laughs> or um, or you know, be in a nursing home. So I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's but, it's yeah. it, it, it had to happen. But see, see for him as well. Like he's been very um, clear in in. Um, in interviews and everything else, that like Star Wars for him is a paycheck. Yeah, like he get you know he plays a role, high Han Solo, he gets paid, and then he moves on to the next project and everything else. We're kind of like Mark Hamill and like for example, he's kind of embraced the the Luke Skywalkerness of it. If you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I watched um, his interview with uh, with Jimmy Kimmel um, yeah. that was that was on last week, and um and he was you could you could tell even then like there was there was no spoilers or anything like there was a, barely even spoke about the movie um it was just mostly banter between the two but but even in that he was just like <laughs> just does not um have any sort of emotional attachment to his characters yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah that's just that bit where he confronts, like, he calls him out by his real name, Ben, which is a yeah. lovely nod to Ben Kenobi. Yeah. And, like, turns around and he, and he like, gets run through by the f- lightsaber and then he kind of touches his son's face the last time mm. as he falls off into that chasm and everything else. And then fucking Chewie loses the fucking shit and just goes on a shooting rampage yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, it, it, like, a lot... I'm going to put it on record now that I reckon, look, I'm judging this by one movie. We haven't seen the rest of the trilogy yet, but that that Adam Driver, that Kylo Ren, mm. like he's going to go down as one of the one of the best villains in 
in movie history because he's not just man in the villain in the mask kind of thing. Mm. He has he has a complex story where you know he was talking to his well grandfather's mask, mm. debating if he made the right decision about going to the dark side and all the rest of it, and he's got a genuine um, redemption story where you know he might be his grand like his grandfather mm. and you know bring balance to the force and get, be saved in the end by Ray. And all the rest of it, but um, he's he certainly walked a, walked a dark path. And that awesome scene where, like, he got wounded by Chewie, mm. and he's there fighting um, Finn, and he's punching the wound mm. to get himself like jacked up to sort of bring out the anger in him. Yeah, yeah. like we haven't seen that kind of shit in a Star Wars movie before. Yeah, it was. Um, it just brought like a bit more sort of this kind of realism to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and, like, and also, this, this was an actual like, this was this was a a genuine like Barney between two dudes. You know, yeah. like it wasn't just um, a real kind of. Uh, did you notice that it wasn't really choreographed? Yeah, like it the didn't fight I, scenes. Like I, I didn't, I, I didn't saying, find them choreographed at all. Like yeah, I, I was saying that exact same raw. thing. To someone at work, because someone at work had recently seen it, and to give him credit, this guy at works like a. Uh, he's a mad uber nerd and, and stuff, and he was picking the movie in absolute pieces. And I said, I was saying to him, look, at the end of the day, you've got to remember that these are movies made for children, so don't go too <laughs> fucking in-depth. And plus, like, you can eat, you can pull apart Empire Strikes Back, which is the best in the series if you really want to. Mm. And, he, and he was talking about, like, I can't believe that, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a Sith Lord like um, Kylo Ren got beaten by... Uh, a lady who only had just discovered force powers. And I went, all right, well, let's take a step back and look at that scene. Kylo Ren, they, he wasn't a fully trained Jedi anyway because mm. that Snoke did say that, you know, to General Huxley, um, go and get Kylo Ren and bring him to me and I'll complete his training. Yeah, You're also a guy who's a petulant child at the, at the most, mm. like the amount of times that he had a hissy fit. Yeah, he's spoiled, it's, gets his own way. Yeah, he also seems to me like the kind of guy that hasn't fought anyone with his lightsaber in a very long time. Like, he seems to be the kind of guy that he pulls his lightsaber up, people are like, holy shit, he's a Jedi, and that's yeah. all he needs to do. Yeah, he, now he's, he's fighting. He's really mature. Yeah, and he, now he's fighting someone that's like fighting back with him and everything else. And I wouldn't say, and I kind of like the fact that the fight between Ray and him wasn't choreographed because it wasn't it was really a hack and slash a thon against two people that really didn't know what they were doing mm. and if you notice from the fight i mean ray's trying to run away the whole time it's not until she gets back to the corner mm. closes her eyes quiets her mind and then goes right let's fucking let's go at it yep um couple of things about what i didn't like about the movie and this is like fucking just nitpicking now really um i felt like there was a lot of um, leaps from the audience that we had to join the dots ourselves that wasn't explained. Kind of like, you know, when that Starkiller base fired up and shot all those planets, what were their planets? Like, it didn't seem like, you know, like in Star Wars, Alderaan, we were invested in Alderaan because we mm. knew it was Princess Leia's home planet. But those nondescript planets that blew up, like we didn't, like was one of them Coruscant? Like no, like they didn't yeah. really explain it. And it would have been nice to kind of have an explanation of 
the first order like how did the empire turn to the into the first order uh, is the resistance just the rebels like what hap- what's happened to the republic kind of thing yeah it'd be interesting to see how they flesh that out in um whether or not like the episode 8 is going to be um is going to provide a bit more sort of backstory and be kind of like that that empire strikes back kind of um middle story where you, where you do learn a little bit bit more and all that sort of stuff and sets it up for the for the for a finale and i think that's yeah. probably where it'll where it'll go i mean i um when when i saw the the i, I was a bit the same with with the with the planets being destroyed and all that sort of stuff um it was it was kind of weird that we didn't know sort of how everything worked until they do it a few times and then later it all sort of has this sort of big reveal but it didn't really that didn't really work as well as as i think they really wanted it to um but for me i i sort of felt as soon as they they blew up that um that planet i was like yep that almost felt like an inside joke like it's that felt like it was destroying what was left of the um of 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 the prequels. Oh, okay. You know, it felt like they they saw Coruscant, and, you know, it was the, it was the big um the city planet, you know, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. just city and So do you they, reckon that was that's the planet that they were blowing up? Yeah. They didn't yeah. really they didn't really explain it at all. No, that's that's what it felt like to me. As soon as as soon as you see just sort of, because because they were talking about blowing up the old um the the republic and all that sort of stuff like i think they had to do a nod to to what had been um fleshed out in the prequels well they did kind of because when carlo ren said to general huxley um when when finn kind of broke loose of his programming yes and um and and kylo ren did say to huxley like oh do we have to replace the your soldiers with clones yeah, yeah, and Huxley was like, "No, no, 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 my my soldiers are this, that, and everything else." There was, there were those, um, those nods. Yeah, and I think, and and the blowing of that planet was was probably the biggest of them all. Yeah, and it was to me, and I might be wrong, but it feels like it was kind of a that that wiped the slate clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing, um, the other things that were kind of lacking is um, two characters that. Um, were built up a bit in in um in uh when they announced the casting was um Max von Sydow's character who turned into fucking Mister fucking exposition really <laughs> who I thought was they were gonna because you know how they said you know she knew he knew that she was a princess he knew about like Luke Skywalker I did, I thought he was going to be a carryover from the old trilogy yes. Like I know someone, some old school rebel that we like Wedge, maybe like oh that's yeah, Wedge yeah. or something like that. Um, but they didn't really explain him at all. And the other one was um, Captain Phasma. Why the fuck they cast that chick from um, Game of Thrones and not use her? You didn't even see her face. Yeah, I know. Which which one was she? So you know how was that um, that that female standing stone trooper that was all yeah, chrome. Yeah. Yeah, but what, what? Which character was she from Game of Thrones? Um, uh, what's the name? The big tall fucking night chick. Ben, uh, ben, um, oh, Brienne. The, Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. that's Captain Phasma. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Like weird casting because you never like she didn't fucking do anything. Mm. 
like unless they're keeping her for a, like a sequel or whatever, like kind of like what they did with Luke Skywalker. Hmm. But um, yeah, just um, really weird. Um, were you comfortable with um, with what they did or didn't do with Luke? Um, I think they maybe. I think I think they drew it out a little bit too much. I don't I don't know whether um, I completely believed that um, he would just be standing on a mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, 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 on some sort of Pacific island, you know, on a, on a on a random planet somewhere. I don't know whether that really sucked me in that much. Yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of, it, I, I don't quite know what he was doing. There was in exile, obviously, but yeah. But it would. It, I don't know. I mean, I sort of. I, I want to see what 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 happens um, with 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 the next one. But yeah. I kind of. I thought maybe he could have contributed just a little bit more. I think. I think there needed to be some dialogue. There needed to be something because. When they when when Ray comes up and she's got the lightsaber and all that sort of stuff and she's handing it to him, like I get that he's kind of looking at her with this pained fucking. Ah, but see, remember, sir, that every Star Wars movie, the last two three minutes, always dialogueless, mm. always. Yeah. <sighs> you know, yeah. In, in the movie that was playing in my mind's eye as I was watching it, that fight the snowstorm. The um, Anakin's lightsaber out of the snow, yep. and it flew past him, fully mm-hmm. expecting it to land in Luke's hand. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, I was like the, the the movie in my mind was like a scene ahead of what was actually happening on screen, <laughs> and um, that's what I was like. This is where Luke will appear. Oh no, it was Ray. All right, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah. thought I thought there'd be sort of a bit more of a. Um... I thought the reveal of Luke would be a bit different. Like, I mean, it was it was it was always going to be um, very very shrouded in mystery and all that sort of stuff. And like, I get that, and that's um, and and it's not to say that it doesn't work, but I didn't necessarily appreciate the um, the the very drawn back camera angle and the and the sort of the the, the panning camera going all the way around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that. Kind of that was very JJ Abrams. Yeah, I kind, of, kind of forgot you were watching a Star Wars movie. Like <laughs> I was like, uh, now I'm watching, um, I'm, I'm watching an episode of Lost or or, yeah. or a Star Trek movie, like, and that sort of that just kind of took me out a little bit before I should have been. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's not it's not that it didn't work. It's not that it's bad, but. There may have been some other options that they could have gone with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than than sort of leaving it at that because it wasn't really, it wasn't really the biggest of of cliffhangers. No, no, no. no. You know, and I um, and I think I think Luke needed to actually contribute to the movie before it being a cliffhanger. The only thing, the only thing that annoyed me about it, and like I was fine with it. The only thing that annoyed me is the fact I've got to wait two years for the resolution. <laughs> I just wanted I to walk out of one cinema and straight into the, the next cinema for episode eight. Yeah, um, like that, isn't it? Which, which, which was, which is probably like a really good sign that you know I, I walked out wanting more as opposed to 
you know, something else. But, um, oh, good Lord. The And, and the other thing that kind of I, I was, and, that I didn't like about the movie, and mind you, like, as I said before, this is pure, I'm pure nitpicking now. Like, I love the movie. This is just bits that, like, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to poke holes in it now. Yeah. Um, they made such a point of shooting everything real for real with puppets and models and everything else yep. that the times that they did use CG stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. yeah. Like that um, that ship of Han and Chewie's where they had that weird monster. Yep. I could have done without that. Yeah, that was a bit... And the characters of um, um, that little orange, Nalas Kanan or whatever her name was, yeah. and um, Supreme Leader Snoke. Them dudes, like, they stuck out like sore farms because they they were really the only CG element in that movie. In that movie, I would have liked to have seen Snoke as a, as just a, a human. Yeah, I'm really glad. Better. Yeah, and, and I'm also really glad that he wasn't ninety foot tall, like he was a fucking hologram. Hologram. Because yeah. I was just like, oh, what's the next movie going to be? Luke fighting a ninety foot fucking monster. Yeah. As soon as I saw his hologram, I was like, oh fucking thank god. Yeah. <laughs> because this is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not going to be as bad as like having a face off with General Grievous. No, 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 no. I'm kind of hoping that he's um he's actually small, like Yoda small. Mm. Those movies are all, if, if they if they if they always say anything, it's always the smallest and the and the feeblest happen to be the most powerful, mm. like Yoda, for example. But um, but just on that on that point of the um of the special effects, like I think. It was, it was a real testament to them, you know, putting all the time and energy into the set pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, the set pieces, the costumes, the makeup. Um, that's that to me was Academy Award winning material, mm. um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, bearing in mind that, like, you, you go back to those, you know, we, we we look we look at the prequels and. I think it was Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith didn't use a single... um, There wasn't a single set piece. Oh, sorry, there wasn't a single um, uh, Stormtrooper or droid. You know, it was just just purely CGI. I think they were up to about 80% of CGI for for that movie. Yeah, that's true. They they, they didn't build a single clone trooper um, suit of armor. No. Every single one of them dudes is a CG creation. Yeah. And so to do completely the opposite, I thought was was an incredible feat of engineering on their part. But yeah, yeah like you, like you say, it does uh, it does affect the balance. Yeah. Because because you know that they need the CGI these days, you know, yeah. to to, like, to do, it's not what, like to do gonna what they do. Take a camera crew out to space. Well, that's the thing, you know. Shoot, they, it's real for real, people. And they're not going to do like the kind of the matte special effects that they did for um, for Star Wars and and Empire when they had like some potatoes hanging as, as fucking for asteroids, asteroids. Yeah. you know, and all that sort of shit. So, you know, there's it's 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 always going to be it's never going to be perfect you know you're never going to be sitting there just going this is real <laughs> this is actually happening because it's not but it's um when you actually get sucked into that that's fucking amazing and i think they did such a good job of it and and 
you know, just thinking back to when to when we both went and saw Kevin Smith, and you know, he was talking about going on the set, and yeah, um, yeah, 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 and and walking around and sort of touching set pieces, yeah, and touching and, the Millennium Falcon, you know, and actually going and and looking at it and all that sort of stuff, and and saying, "Fuck me, they actually built the Millennium Falcon," like, um, and so. And that was actually really good for me because I sort of went in there just going, oh, I'm really fucking keen to see what they do, you know, and and they actually did it. That was the that was like that that was an awesome reveal when she was like, here, take my ship. That that's a, just a hunk of junk, and then her ship blows up, and she goes, all right, we better take the hunk of junk, and the camera pans and it's the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That was awesome. That was like one of the best reveals. Yeah, that was really really cool. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's awesome. I finally got that off my chest. <laughs> I've been wanting to fucking wax lyrical about Star Wars for fucking ages now. Yeah. Ever since I, ever since I saw it, and no one else bothered to light up at midnight like us. Hey, this is John O'Coyote, and you're listening to Post Party at Spoggles. This is my, this is my theory. And I'm the- purely theory crafting now because I could be completely wrong. And we've got two years to wait, so why not? Mm. Um, I think that um, Luke Skywalker had his Jedi Academy. Yep. Um, Kylo Ren gets seduced by the dark side of the Force by S- Snoke. Yep. Goes to the Academy, wipes out all the young Jedi. Luke takes his daughter, being Rey, to Jakku. Gives her, uh, because Kylo Ren at the moment is hunting out all the Jedi to kill them, and he doesn't want his daughter, and Luke doesn't want his daughter to die. Give her a bit of a wax on, wax off, force mind wipe or something. Let's assume they have that power. I don't know if they do or not. Um, Gives her a mind wipe by using the force, leaves her on this planet, and, and, you know, and goes into exile like Yoda did on Dagobah. Mm. And then she kind of has an awakening when she touches Anakin's lightsaber because it's through her bloodline kind of thing, which would kind of explain the pull that, like, maybe through the Force, Luke could plant some sort of suggestion in Rey's head to say, you have to stay on Jakku um, until I come and collect you or something like that. That's why, you remember how through the movie she was like, I have to go back to Jakku, I have to go back to Jakku? Yeah, got to wait for my parents and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah, full-on denial about no one's fucking parents are going to be point. here tomorrow. They'll be here yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like here maybe tomorrow. some sort of suggestion was planted in her head that, you know, stay here, keep your head underground until I come and collect you once it all blow, blows over kind of thing. Because mm. there was a bit of a look of... Um, recognition on luke's part when he saw her that like a you've got my grand my father's lightsaber or my lightsaber and two like holy shit it's you kind of thing yeah um the other thing i'd love to know is how the hell they got luke's um lightsaber because the last thing last time we saw that it's down at the bottom of best pin somewhere because mm. um that should be gone on the cloud in cloud city somewhere that's the thing, because it was because um, it was the same color, wasn't the green one? No, 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 the green one's the one he built. Yeah. In, so the the one so it's Anakin's lightsaber that was passed on to Luke at, the, at during Star Wars. Yeah, that's and what he I had mean, all like, the way was... through Empire's. 
So when he got his hand cut off by Vader, his hand plus the lightsaber went down that bottomless pit. Yeah, that that went that went because that was the blue lightsaber. Yeah, that's, that's what the I mean. Blue like one. the the blue one's gone. Yeah, yeah, and um, and he had the green one. Yeah. So the and so how they found the blue one to be like, hey, this is Anakin's lightsaber. Mm. I was like, I wonder how that. And then the, that lady, that oh, what the fuck her name was, Maz Kanan, whatever her name is, when she's like, where'd you get that lightsaber from? She's like, that's a story for another day. And I was like, that's a cheap way of saying we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> It'll hopefully, work. Um, hopefully that's when they call Billy D. Williams in. <laughs> I just walked out while I was cleaning the floors. What? That'd be awesome if, if um, he pops into the, the eighth... Um, Episode eight, like he did in, in Empires. Yeah. Well, you know, I just um, <laughs> I was just just walking along. Found a lifesaver. Ooh. Hey, someone might need this. Hmm. Did kind of suck that he was like the only um, one of the main cast that didn't get a Guernsey. Yeah, I know. Surely they've got to bring him back. It's got to happen. It had to. It had to. It, because, the, because there's a relationship between him and Chewie, and there's a relationship between him and the Falcon. So yeah. there's, and there's surely got to be something that he's has to be. Would go like, I'm gonna fucking kill Kylo Ren because he killed my best friend, and mm. fuck him, and all the rest of it, and I'm a scoundrel, and yeah, and all the rest see, of it because he's invested in the story. He's invested in that storyline hmm. with with those characters. He's invested with Leia. He's invested with Luke, so you think he'd want some revenge for his friend being killed? Yeah, well, the word's going to get out. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and the other thing too is there's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a call to arms, you know, because the because the resistance or the rebels or whatever, um, you know, they've already escaped by the skin of their teeth, the mm. um, the the destruction of their planet, so. It's going to follow the kind of you know what they did with with Empire, where I think they'll they're going to have to go into exile anyway because they know because the 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 the, the first order knows where they are. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. sort of be like empires where they like they left Yavin four because they knew where they were at the end of Star Wars, and they went to the the hidden base on Hoth. Mm. That's what. <laughs> It this what threw me like there's a so like I said there's a guy at work who had seen Empire uh, had seen Force Awakens, uber nerd too. He makes me look like a guy that's never picked up a never seen an episode of Star Trek in my life. Yeah, and he's like just picking the movie to pieces and all the rest of it. And I was just like, dude, like you know, it's I understand it's not a perfect movie, but it's like the best Star Wars movie that we've uh, we've seen for a while and all the rest of it. And he's going this and this and this. And he goes, oh, I, I, and it's it's just a remake of Star Wars. I felt like I've seen it all before. Because I said to him, how awesome would it be if Ben Solo has a, like a redemption story like his grandfather had? Yeah. Because it's sort of like, you know, echoes, you know, you know, echoes through time and all the rest of it. And, and it makes all those movies very circular. So they kind of live, can live on forever kind of thing. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, but we've seen it all before. It's 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 rubbish. We've seen you know um, Death Stars. We've seen all that before. Like, give us something new. Give us something new." And I was like, and I said to him, "Like, you're kind of what gives Star Wars nerds a bad name because 
for the last god knows how long we've been watching these prequel trilogies and complaining that they're not uh, they're not like the original trilogies enough yeah and then you get a movie that's a lot like the original trilogies and you're like oh no we want something different we want something different it's like fuck make up your mind <laughs> yeah you um you can't find that happy balance ah oh, it's like i i um I, I i used to be that guy that used to get upset about shit in movies and and casting decisions and oh this doesn't make sense so the whole movie i fucking hate the whole movie i just don't care anymore mm. it's, like when, though, it's, that, it's like when affleck getting cast as batman it was like oh well I'll, I'll wait till i see it yeah that's it but i think though that i i kind of liked the um you know that sort of that homage that they did to to the death star mm. with with that planet with the, with the with the star killer planet because what that did to me was cement the fact that the the empire who've become the first order are still convinced that the plans that they've had for that death star are the right way to go yeah, if yeah. you think about it like the original death star was was I, I don't you know I don't know dimensions but was x amount big mm. right in jedi the Death Star was actually a lot bigger than the original. Yes, yes. And so now they've made it into a fucking planet. (laughs) So all it is, is they've just gone, well, at the end of the day, the the sums are there. You know, the shit that they're doing actually makes, is is a good weapon. If you think Mm. about it, like even the first one, that blew up Alderaan. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's capable of killing a planet from day one. You mm. could do it. The next one around, sure as heck would have been able to do it if they'd actually completed it. Mm. And it was a fuck ton bigger. So now they've actually had the time. They've had 30 years. They've developed this entire planet which can actually suck the the force out of an entire star or a sun mm. and and use that as, as, as an energy source. Like to me... That's just evolution in, in weaponry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not... Yeah, it is a nod to what's happened before, but it doesn't really make it, like, cliche. Like, it actually is an evolution of something that's, that's that's to me, is a reoccurring theme in that universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, not a bad point. It's like, look at look at um, current military now. It's, it's not like the design of a, the... the um, the rifle has dramatically changed over the last hundred or so years. No. It's still got a butt, a trigger, a barrel, a thing you look through. It's like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Yeah, that's that's exactly the point. And so I think it just gets looked into a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, I was... look. Even if these new movies, if the beats and themes of these movies completely are completely the same... With those, with the original trilogy, I, I couldn't. I, I would be as happy as a pig in mud because it's like, you know, it, it's a classic story. It, it, it's it. Why wouldn't it work the second time around? It'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see how how differently they're directed because JJ's not. He, he's done. Like he's not directing anymore. Yeah. Okay. He's pulling the strings and producing. But um, so episode eight's been directed by Ryan Johnson. He did Looper. Oh yeah. 
with Willis and um, Gordon Joseph Lovitz. And um, and I, th- I, can't, I don't think... Have they announced? Oh, now, remember, the guy that's doing Nine is the um, the guy that directed um, Jurassic World. Who was that? Oh, fuck, now I'm gonna, um, you, you put me on the, on the spot. Um, <laughs> it was meant to be Josh Trank, but after um, he butchered the Fantastic Four and um, kind of got himself in a bit of hot water over he, he, all the um, things he said on, uh, well, he didn't, say, he, he didn't have some flattery things to say about Fox. <laughs> um, that that kinda, was a dangerous manoeuvre. Yeah, uh, Colin Trevorrow. There you go. I Googled it while I was talking to him. Um, so he's directing episode nine. And then the um, the, the spin-off movies that are coming out in, during the in-between years, the ones that, yeah, so the the first one that comes, so the first spin-off movie that comes out next year, which is called Star Wars Rogue One, Rogue One is yeah. um, being directed by Gareth Edwards, and he's the guy that did um, Godzilla. Yes, yes. Um and then the one after the spin-off movie after that, I think, is a um, a Han Solo spin-off movie. Yes, with a young Han Solo, and I think that's I think that's being directed by the two dudes that did the Lego Movie. Oh, okay. Um, um, I don't even know what the names are, but um. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I know at the moment they're like they've thrown the casting net very wide for an actor to play a, like a early twenties Han Solo. Yeah, which in which I reckon um, someone like Chris Pratt would have been um, really good. Say. Well, the really Lego Movie guys, and they should just get Chris Pratt to do it. Well, is he pretty much played played a young Han Solo in Guardians of the Galaxy anyway? Yeah. Um. The other good choice would have been a, a Firefly era Nathan Fillion. He would have been a good Han Solo. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's pretty much. But both those guys pretty much play a version of Han Solo in their respective franchises, anyway. Yeah. Um, same with uh, yeah. But I, I like if I if I was casting um, it based on the actors I've seen recently, I'd pick that guy from Kingsman. Oh, the the, the young fella, the English guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd What's be. His name? Um, uh, it's something weird, Tarian Edgerton or something like that. Yeah, he's um, he was quite good. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be he'd be um, he'd be my choice. Hey, this is all drolled up, and you're listening to Post Party at Spago's. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. I'm glad I fucking got to talk Star Wars. No, it was good. It was um, it was really good to have a chat about that. I I'm sort of in the in the same boat. I've never I haven't actually had anyone to um, to wax lyrical about the uh, the biggest event that we've had in uh, in quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so weird too because I I, I I feel it's it feels quite surreal that uh, you know they announced when Disney announced that they were buying Lucasfilm. And then, like a month or two later, they were like, "All right, we're bringing out a brand new trilogy and all the rest of it." And then we see, like, you know, the first trailer that came out this time last year, mm. um, like a year prior to the um, movie coming out. And then, and now to, that I've uh, we've seen it, it, just feels really surreal. That- well, I think it was back in what I mean, it was May that the second teaser came out with Han and Chewie in it. 
uh, yeah, the first teaser came out a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. Um, and that was like just right with the, land, the landscape. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and a few shots of the Millennium Falcon flying around. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, back when I was in high school and seeing the trailer for Independence Day, like ages before I'd seen the movie. And, oh, yes. f- and just like, what is this? And then funnily enough, that the trailer for that sequel had just come out. I've uh, seen cir- that trailer. I've heard, uh, the circle I've heard of that, it's, that it's happening. Yeah, it's it's um, it's pretty cool. I, I, I highly recommend highly recommend um, having a look. In fact, go look right now. I will. We'll, we'll wrap up and go go watch the go watch the trailer for ID four ID four two ID four two. All right, uh, that pretty much wraps up this um two thousand wrap up of the year that was. Year of Our Lord, two thousand and fifteen. <laughs> I don't even know if people still say that, but whatever. Well, I think we'll bring it back. What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? Yeah, um, yeah so we probably won't have a um, a radio show for the rest of the year, nope. but um, we'll get back together early two thousand and fifteen, and and yeah, ex- ha- have an explosion of of geekiness all over your face, neck, and chest. Anyway, <laughs> it's late. It's time for bed. Anyway, uh, for uh, Post Party Spargoes, this is Craig. This is Nige. Saying good night and have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you guys on New Year's Eve. Bye-bye. Good night. Merry Christmas, everyone.